I would like to thank you for clicking on this video and joining me in this series where I talk about the fulfillment of the law and what the law really is. Before we get into the message, I want to thank everybody that shares this video and the videos that I have on my website. Thank you so much for doing that. Last week we had a lot of people that watched the message. We see more and more people sharing the message. Thank you for doing so. By you sharing this video, you touch the lives of people and people that are in need of understanding the gospel have the opportunity to hear what God wants to say to them. We must realize that God works in the heart of every human being. There's no person on the planet that God is not prompting to listen to the message of grace. Um, maybe there are people that you think they don't want to hear anything about the message of grace. Yet God prompts them in their hearts. And how do you know that if you should share a message like this, that that person in the privacy of his own home would just click on it and be deeply touched? So uh, when you feel the, the, the prompting in your heart to share this, please do share this with as many friends as possible. It touches people. I call that internet evangelism. Uh, it's much easier these days to evangelize. You just click share on Facebook um, or you just email a link to a friend and say, um, I've had you on my heart and I feel this will touch you. So maybe this message, you don't feel to share this message, but I'm sure there must be some messages on my website that, uh, that you can share with some friends that can be impacted. So let's not overlook that. Let's make use of it. Thank you again for everybody that has been sharing. Today I'm going to talk uh, uh, more on what it means to be in the flesh and what it means to be in the spirit. We need to understand uh, certain biblical terms. When it comes to flesh and when it comes to spirit, uh, there's a, a lot to be understood about that. And when we do understand that and we read the Bible, we will see that it makes sense to us. Now, just before I get into uh, the word, let us just pray together. Father, I want to thank you for every person that is watching me today. Thank you so much that I can stretch forth my hand and that I can feel compassion and love towards every person that is watching this and that will still watch this in the future. Thank you, my God, that your heart is towards every person, that you give us an enlightened mind and a spirit that is willing to understand the gospel, a mind that wants to hear and that can hear. Thank you, Lord, that you speak through me today in such a way that what people need to hear, examples they need to hear, a way in which it needs to be said, that it can be said that they can hear and believe your truth. Thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Well, that's wonderful. Right, let's get into um, the book of Genesis, Genesis 17. If you go and read through the whole chapter uh, of Genesis 17, you will see that it talks about circumcision. Now, uh, what we've said in the last uh, two Sundays, three Sundays, we said that the law was that which was a given, and we can read, see the law in two ways, as something that you need to obey, uh, which purpose then is to multiply sin in your life, and then the law was something that was actually written to Jesus to bring forth salvation for every human being, something that he read knowing how to, um, you know, and what to do, how to go about what to do in order to bring salvation to every person. 
some people say they don't agree with me about that, uh, the heading I have there or the explanation where I say uh, the Bible says in the, in the book it's written of me or in the book roll it's written of me or in the volume of the book it's written of me. In the Hebrew it says in the volume of the book. If you take the, th the, the, the Thayer definition of the Greek word volume in Hebrews there, it means the heading as the heading of a passage or the heading of a paragraph. So when uh, Jesus said in the volume of the book is written uh, about me, he says in the heading of the book it's written about me. Now what do we see in the heading? If uh, like for instance here in, um, I've got here uh, Hagar flees from uh, Sarah. So that is the heading. That's what you're going to read here in Genesis 16. If I go to the next chapter there or the next page, it, it, it's just got Abraham pleads for the men of Sodom. So here we see another heading. That heading tells you what's, what's happening in there. So Jesus said in the heading it is written about him. So when we read the Old Testament, we must always remember that you read it as a letter that was written from the Father unto Jesus. When you read it in that way, you will start to see typology, you will start to see, um, you know, shadows fulfilled, you will start to see the Old Testament scriptures fulfilled in what Jesus Christ has done, and you will come to the end conclusion of how that applies to your life. And that application to your life will be uh, the resurrection power of Christ manifesting who God is in your life. It doesn't help we sit with a mere theory when it comes to the gospel, although the gospel is also a theory. But the theory of the gospel is the truth. That's why it is full of life and it's got the power to give birth to who God is in your life. Right, Genesis 17, we see here, uh, it talks about the circumcision. Why would God want to uh, give the circumcision? Why would He want something uh, like we would say as bad as that to be done to a man? Why would He want blood to flow? Why would He want a piece of human flesh to be cut off someone? For what reason? Uh, there was no law at that time in written format. Why would He want such a thing? We must realize that when Jesus came and he read from Genesis 1, he knew the heading of all of this was all about him. So when he read, and it says there, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, you will see there in the beginning God, and then there will be that sign Alpha Omega, which is an omen or just a, a, a sign of a futuristic event. Then he knew it was talking about him, and, and he knew that through him, he pre-existed, he was with the Father, and through him everything was created. And he read all those things, and, and he came to the revelation, if we go and read, and we'll study that out uh, further in one of the other sessions, where he said, it's in the book roll, it's written of me, sacrifice you never required, offering you never desired. Uh, but you prepared a body for me. So here he comes and talks about circumcision. And uh, when Jesus read that, he knew that that spoke about him. It talks about uh, flesh that had to be cut away. And that will be the covenant that God makes with man. Uh, so it talks about Jesus. So um, being in the flesh, 
can be interpreted when you look at the Old Testament as actually also being in the spirit. Uh, or we can just talk about the literal being in the flesh. So what happened to the Jews? They never saw uh, the, the significance of that verse as Jesus that would become flesh. He'll be part of mankind. Um, and then the flesh, uh, his body, his, his physical, the physical body that he had would be cut away. You know, and by his body being cut away from the rest of the body, remember this, Jesus became a human being. He, resemb he, he, he resembled all of mankind, meaning he became completely part of mankind. And then he went as an individual re representing us. He died. In other words, like I've always preached on the cross, what happened there is the man of the law died forevermore. And he died away the flesh man. The flesh man was cut away from us forevermore. Now that is awesome. You know, so uh, what, 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 what in, in, in what he did there, circumcision took place. Okay, so we're still going to get some other verses about circumcision, but that is, a, that is what it actually means. But the Jews never saw that. What they saw is what happened to Abraham, something physical that happened, you know, which actually resembles something spiritual, which they never uh, uh, thought of. They just thought that in the flesh, a man had to be circumcised. And by physical circumcision in the flesh, you entered into a covenant with God. That's what they believed. And then later on, the law the Ten Commandments and all the other commandments and Exodus, uh, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, all these writings was then given to those that had this physical covenant with God in the flesh, which was called, which we today call the Jews, or we can actually say the Israelites. So to the Israelites then was given the law. So they boasted in the fact that they are in the flesh children of God by circumcision, physical circumcision. So what a Jew would understand in being in the flesh, and I also believe this is what Paul understood by being in the flesh, was to boast in the fact that we are a chosen race as Israelites and we have been given the law or the Ten Commandments and all the prescriptions there to obey and uh, based on how good we did in obeying those laws determined if we would be part of the Olam Haba which was, which, which was uh, the reign of the Messiah when the Messiah would come. Now, we need to understand these things. These are just, this is just basic biblical history. And if we don't understand this, we're going to start to read this book in a way that's never going to produce life. It's going to produce a lot of confusion. You know, I've, I've um, recently spoke to somebody and he said, the only interpretation of the Bible is what the Holy Spirit tells you. Now, um, <laughs> what, what can be very confusing about that is, now let me put it this way, he is correct in saying that the correct interpretation is the spiritual interpretation of the Bible or what the Holy Spirit tells you. He's right concerning that. But the Lord 
And the Holy Spirit is not going to contradict what he said through Paul and what he said through Jesus Christ by some spiritual interpretation saying, well, the Spirit tells me this verse means the following. Uh, the book of Galatians, the book of Corinthians has got no need for interpretation. Uh, it is the interpretation of the old. We can just read what's written there. And uh, the only room for interpretation there is simply understanding the history in which and the setting in which that was written. So when it comes to being in the flesh, Paul referred to these Jewish people that believed that they were something because of the physical circumcision in the flesh. And they boasted themselves to be the sons of God or the nation that God had a contract with or um, a covenant with that will rule all other nations promised, God promised it. So they became boastful. They boasted in their flesh. In other words, it was an honor for a Jew to be circumcised. If a Gentile was circumcised, it meant nothing. Because the covenant the Jews believed was made between God and the Jewish people and the descendants of Abraham. So Abraham's descendants were the promise made to physical, that's what they believe in the physical, circumcised in the physical. Now, the law was given to those that has been circumcised. So, number one, this is what the Jews believed. In the flesh meant the following. I was circumcised, I had to be a Jew. Then I was circumcised, okay? Which meant that as a Jew, I enter into the covenant, and this is a sign of the covenant that I've got a covenant with God. Then I had to obey the law. Should I obey the law and the blessings of God be upon me, it would be a sure sign that I will be part of the messianic reign. They believed should they disobey the law, then they would go to uh, a, a, basically a purification uh, for 11 months in hell. And then after 11 months, that will be the longest period, then they will come out and be part of the messianic reign. That's what the Jews believed. And I, I did some study on this. I read up on this. I looked at videos where they ministered on this. This is what the Jews basically believed. So they boasted that the, in their flesh that they are the children of God. So in the flesh meant I had to be a Jew. I had to be circumcised. And then I had to obey the law. So I was circumcised and I had to obey the law. So being in the flesh gave you access to obedience to the law. Before being in the flesh, meaning uh, having physical circumcision, the law was not even given to you, like what we know now, for the purpose to bring forth more sin. You weren't even to read the law, you had to have nothing to do with the law, should you have been a Gentile and not circumcised. It was not for you. It was an add-on after being circumcised. You know, that came to uh, what, what came to man. Now, um, we're going to read some other verses. So, we understand here what it means to be in the flesh. The law system, let me recap the last couple of Sundays. The law system is a system where I believe I am what I do. I look at my physical ability, and from that ability, I say, 
I will have eternal life by my good doing. You know, I always thought that the law was the good you do so that God can save you. That is not the law. And I'm talking about, if you look at last Sunday's message, the two laws that there is. The law that says, I look at my own ability, does not say, I'm going to obey, I'm use my ability, obey the law so that God can give me his quality of life. No, that's not what the law says. What the original law says is, I look at my ability and from my ability I will produce a quality of life equal to that of God. That's what it says. Now, um, they then boasted. What Adam then did was he looked at his flesh and he found that in his flesh he can be like God. And that's where this whole thing comes from. Um, I can be in the flesh, I can be something. And then God said, now all of this is types and shadows of Jesus. I want the flesh to be cut away. Okay, I don't want you to be something in the flesh. But because there was something physical that happened to Abraham, the Jews start to boast in the physical flesh again. Just looking at the physical flesh all the time. So the Jews are those that are in the flesh. And that's the context in which um, the Bible is basically written. And a lot of the stuff is written that Paul talks about, about being in the flesh. Let's go to Galatians 3 and look at this. It says, Foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you would not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? For this only would I learn of you. Receive you the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? So what happens here is, uh, Judaizers came to the people in Galatia, told the people in Galatia that after you have believed upon Jesus, you need to be circumcised in the flesh. Because if you circumcise in the flesh, then and then only are you part of the kingdom of God. And do you have a covenant with God? Because that's what the Jews believed. So they wanted to get the Gentiles that believed on Jesus in the flesh. They want to get them into the flesh. And that's what Paul said here. He says, you be, have you received the Holy Spirit by the works of the law or the hearing of faith? Now you come and you receive the Holy Spirit by being in the Spirit, which is to believe in Jesus. So when are you in the Spirit? You are in the Spirit when you believe upon Jesus Christ. And that's the, even the sign of being the Spirit there is you receive the Holy Spirit. You receive a brand new way of believing. You receive a brand new life. You get born from the Spirit. Your life is made new. Now the Judaizers came and said, listen, the law says this book that spoke about Jesus, this book that spoke about the prophetic stuff about Jesus said that the children of God, the nation of God had to be people that are circumcised physically. And then if you circumcised physically, you obviously had to obey the law. So now Paul comes here and he says clearly, why do you want to be, I mean, you want to be uh, uh, made perfect by the flesh. So you want to think perfection is going to come by being in the flesh. Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit and am I perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain or be it, if it yet be in vain? 
He therefore that ministers to you the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and was accounted to him for righteousness, know you therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So in other words, what he says here is, the way you become uh, a child of God is by belief in Him. That is all. That is when you are in the Spirit. You are believing. Believing is something spiritual. It is not something physical. It's a persuasion and arresting of the mind in the integrity of God, by that we enter into a new spirit, we receive the new spirit of God. Uh, my definition of spirit is a life principle that, that gets animated in the believer. We receive the new principle of life, the new law of life, which is Christ and what He's done. When that enters me, I find that the, the, the power of it, which, is, which we call the Holy Spirit, manifests newness of life in me, that is being in the spirit. Being in the flesh would be to go back to Judaism and to be circumcised physically in the flesh, which would just be absolute foolish. Now we can understand Galatians 6, um, you know, where it says, let me find the right verse here, 6 and verse 6. It says, let him that is taught in word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, he shall reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. So here he comes and he says, listen, support the preachers that preach to you. But make sure that you don't support the flesh preacher. The one who preaches, you need to be circumcised in the flesh. Or the one that preaches that you need to obey the customs of Moses and the laws of Moses. Because such a preacher, if you sow towards him or you give yourself to him, you will, of that flesh system, reap corruption. And should you give yourself to the spirit message, what would happen? You would reap of that message because you believe the truth, life everlasting. Isn't that beautiful? So now we understand flesh and spirit, flesh and spirit. Now we can go to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Let's go to Romans 7. And we're going to read from verse 1. We understand these things just more and more. Now you know, brethren, for I speak to them that know the law, how that the law has dominion over a man as long as what he lives. For the woman which has an husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. But the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then, if while a husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ, that you should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. For when we were in the flesh, 
the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. So, here we can clearly see in Romans 7 that he comes and he, and he speaks to people that know the law. And he says, I want to write to you people that do know the law. This is what the law says. The law says, if a woman is married to her husband, she is bound by the law of her husband for as long as what either she or he lives. That's how long you shall be married to that person and how long you are bound by that law. Should you uh, get divorced or uh, go to another, she would go to another man, she, she would be called an adulteress. But should the husband die, should the husband die, then she is loosed from the law of her husband to marry another so she can bear now the fruit of another. Now, it goes on here. And, and what it does here is, is actually talking about being in the flesh and what it means to be in the flesh. He says here, for, uh, um, for when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. So what it talks about being in the flesh, being in the flesh was when they were circumcised and when they thought that they had to obey the law of Moses to have a blessed life. And here uh, Paul comes and he says, being in the flesh means you are still believing in works righteousness, saying that you have married death. Your husband is death because you will bring forth fruit unto death. Abraham had Sarah. Sarah brought forth fruit unto Abraham. She was bearing fruit for Abraham. Uh, Isaac had children, you know, and his wife was bearing fruit unto him or fruit for him. In the same way here, when you are in the flesh, meaning you are thinking of human ability, looking at the fact that you were circumcised in the flesh, that you were a Jew, and that you had to obey the laws now, it was actually, um, I mean, the, the, the type Paul uses here was saying, you are literally married to death. It's like these people that make a covenant with Satan and they marry Satan and they offer cat's blood and whatever, and they say that they, they are priests of Satan, they married Satan. Now, that looks very bad, but what Paul comes and he says in Romans 7 is that when you are in the flesh, meaning you are looking at human ability to obey laws and commandments, then you, are, you have married death. My goodness. Now, I mean, if once you've married death, you've entered into a contract with death, you know, and, and you, uh, listen, you will bear the fruit of death. And this is what he said here. He says, for when we were in the flesh, the motions of sin, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. So, when you marry death, in other words, how do you marry death? By believing that you are what you do. That's how you marry. Then the husband you married had a law. That's why the Bible says when you marry a husband, you are under the law of the husband for as long as what you live. Let's, let's read it there. 
For the woman which has a husband is bound by the law to her husband for as long as what she lives. But the husband be dead, she's loosed from the law of her husband. So the husband's got a law. And you are loosed from the law of the husband the moment the husband dies. So when, once you've married death, the motions and the passions of sin in you was manifested through this law of the husband which we know was called the ministration of death, which was written and engraved on stones. So being in the flesh is an ugly thing. Being in the flesh is what destroys you, for you have married death by believing, uh, 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 setting yourself apart for obedience to laws, saying, and this is, this is what happened, the law was given to those who circumcised themselves. So if you come, and this is how I see circumcision in the negative, I'm still going to explain circumcision today um, and how I see it, but uh, the wrong understanding of circumcision is when you willingly yield your physical body to be a place or a thing to which you can ascribe the law for obedience, unto the law, so that you think, or so that you can bear the fruit of the one that you have joined yourself to. That is what Romans 7 talks about. So being in the flesh is one of the most destructive things. Now, what happened in the church is we've cut out the physical circumcision and we say that by belief in Jesus, we are now circumcised thinking that we had, we still needed something, and we don't see circumcision as fulfilling Christ, but something that we need to do. Then we think, once I've believed in Jesus, my belief has replaced the physical circumcision, so now I am a child of God, and that gave me as a Gentile access to the obedience of the law of Moses. Trying to obey the law as a literal writing, which will kill you. So that is what it means to be in the flesh. Let me talk about some practical things of being in the flesh that we have every day. Um, a very practical thing is you must, you must tithe to be blessed. You must tithe to be blessed. If you tithe, you're going to be blessed. Or if you don't give, uh, you will not be as blessed as somebody that gives. Another one is you must obey your leader or God cannot bless you. Now, <laughs> never in the Bible was that given. The only context of that, and I don't want to get deep into that, was obey your leader given the leader preaches grace and the way you obey your leader is by doing what he tells you and what he tells you is to believe in Jesus for that's the only way unto life. Then he would also tell you not to neglect the gathering of the brethren for the gathering of the brethren is for this purpose to edify you in this very grace message. Now that system was taken, applied to a place where... Um, a gospel is preached, which is not a gospel at all, and it became legalism and law. Now that is, then we thought, you know, this is what we thought. We believed in Jesus, so I've been circumcised, and now I can obey all kind of church rules and regulations, and by doing that, I see myself as obedient, and my obedience is measured by how I 
obey to the new kind of a law. The end of that is fruit unto death. Okay, so um, we are not circumcised or the circumcision. And, and let's go to that. Let's go to Romans 2. Romans 2. And we're going to read from verse 28, I think it is. Verse 27. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge you which have, which by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. Listen to verse 28. Let's just read from verse 28. For he is not a Jew, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision, which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And the circumcision is that of the heart. In the spirit, and not in the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Let's read verse 29 again. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, and not of the letter, whose praise is not of men, but of God. Here we can clearly see what it means to be in the spirit and what it means to be in the flesh. It says, circumcision is not, true circumcision is not, the physical circumcision. True circumcision is in heart, in spirit. So when are you in the spirit? It's when you in your heart believe. That's called spirit. Not physical, but spiritual. You have become a believer in Jesus. Now, what would that circumcision be? Circumcision applied to us. Now talk about circumcision applied to us, then circumcision as Jesus as the fulfillment of circumcision. Circumcision applied to us is simply cutting away the belief of I am something by my works. That is all it is. I am now a child of God because uh, uh, th th this is what it is. Circumcision is not believing that I am what I do, but believing in the principle of life which is because He lives. I live. That is the circumcision of the heart. Okay, and what that means is the flesh belief is cut away by having a new belief. That is what it means. So let's read it again. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not of the letter, which praise is not of men but of God. So you can have a circumcision of the letter, which means a literal circumcision, which means nothing. And should you be circumcised in the physical to be part of the kingdom of God, you have denied Jesus Christ. You have denied everything is done. That is what he, what he is also saying here. So, why circumcision? And how did Jesus Christ fulfill circumcision? I've touched on this in the beginning and I'm going to end off with this uh, right now. The reason why circumcision took place in the Old Testament was a type and a shadow of Jesus. Men had to sacrifice and have themselves circumcised. And in the cutting away of the flesh, a covenant was cut between the man and God. 
And we know today that the covenant that there is, is between Jesus and the Father. The promise was made to Abraham and his seed, the Bible says. Not as of many seeds, but as of one Jesus Christ, the Bible clearly says. So the covenant is between Abraham and Jesus. Jesus was physically circumcised as a part of the, of the obedience of the law. But that circumcision didn't mean anything um, to, in the sense of uh, obedience to the law. What it actually meant was, and this is the way I see it, is was Jesus said, I fully give me, and this is what his parents said, I give this child for the purpose that God has for him. He was circumcised on the eighth day as a part of just obedience to the law. But the true circumcision came when he was uh, uh, um, the flesh that had to be cut away so that the so that the body could enter into the covenant. You know, Abraham could enter into the covenant or the sign of the covenant would be a cutting away of the flesh. And should he not be circumcised, the Bible said God wanted to kill him. So, without that circumcision, there, it, was, there was, a, it was impossible to, in the flesh, you know, or it was impossible to have anything to do with God but to have God as your enemy or declare yourself as the enemy of God without physical circumcision. You had to have the physical circumcision to be part of the covenant. Although God said, I've made the covenant, but this is your part in cut coming in. In those days, they would cut the hand or they would cut the ear, mingle blood, the whole kind of a thing. So this is what he said, let the men be circumcised in their foreskin. So what did Jesus do when he came? He came as part of the body. He became a human being, part of the human race body. And then he was the one that represented the flesh of the foreskin that had to be cut away from the body so that the body could enter into the covenant that God makes. You know, God predecided that we would be part of him then the flesh had to be cut away, which was Jesus Christ. So I want to say to you, every, the human race was circumcised in Jesus Christ, being made, made part of this covenant. The circumcision that, that we partake in is belief in this truth, in having the wrong belief circumcised from us, having the flesh belief cut away from us, and we now believe the truth. Jesus is the foreskin that had to be cut away. Isn't that awesome? That is what God did for us in Jesus Christ in cutting away our flesh. So when Jesus died, he came as a man under the law, representing the flesh man, the man that stands in covenant by works righteousness. He came into that man and the flesh man died. He died it away. The Bible says that Jesus was, uh, was slain from the foundation of the world. Uh, you will never see it. Go and study it in the Greek if you don't believe me. It doesn't say Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world or Jesus was slain continually from the foundation of the world until now. The word from there um, 
talks about distance or place. That's the best way I can explain it. He says Jesus Christ was slain from, or the best way to explain it would be away from, the foundation of the, of the world. The foundation of the world is the basis on which the world system operates, which is I am what I do. Jesus became a man under that when he was uh, uh, on the cross, the lamb when he was slain, he died, he, he died us away and himself away from the system because the law man died in Jesus. By, by doing that, never again do we have to look at our flesh as an indication of who we are and what we can do. Never again shall we ever boast in human ability or make use of human ability because we've entered into a new covenant where the power of the covenant is the promise that God made and He promises us immortality. Glory to God. Glory to God. So that is what it means to be in the flesh and what it means to be in the spirit. There are many people today that stand on pulpits that are completely in the flesh, ministering the flesh, getting people to sign covenant with death so that death can bear its fruit in people through pride, thinking I'm better than others, thinking that I am a Christian and the others are just bad and all those kind of things. It's all just fruit unto death. It's not the fruit that God intended for us. Amen and amen. So know this, you are not in the flesh because of Jesus. So let us not walk after the flesh, but let us walk after the Spirit. If you have been born from the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. How can you be born from the Spirit, needed no law whatsoever to be, become a child of God? You needed the, the circumcision of Christ. You believed upon Him, get the, got the belief system of the flesh out of you. You know? How... I mean, how do you want to go back to these beggarly elements? And what elements means laws, beggarly laws, weak laws that can never save, never give quality of life, never set free from fear, never set free from condemnation, judgment, never set free from uh, slavery to sin and uh, uh, alcohol abuse and all those kind of things, never produce true inner peace. How can we go back to those things? Look at what happened to Abraham. God made a promise to Abraham. Okay? Then Abraham had to be circumcised. Okay? How does that pertain to us? God made the promise to us. It wasn't because of our doing. He did everything. The only circumcision we need is a circumcision of heart where we don't believe in the flesh system anymore, where we don't walk according to the flesh anymore. Man, we are, the Bible says in one place, we are debtors to God, not to walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. If there's anything that you can owe God, although I don't believe we are indebted to Him, but let's just talk humanly. Um, if there's anything you ever owe God, it's just to believe Him. Believe what is done. Believe that you've been set free from all these things and you shall have life. I want to just read one more verse there um, in Ephesians. I wrote it down and I, I want to just touch on it.
ending off, we use this verse. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles there talks about the desires, the lusts, or the doctrine of the devil. Let us not put on the doctrine of the enemy because the doctrine of the enemy will destroy your life. Let me just read some verses. I've written it down here. Let, let me just read it so that your heart can be established in how negative it is to be in the flesh. Uh, we read Romans um, 5 verse 19. You know this very well, but let's just do it. I, wanted, I don't want to shortchange you with the message the Lord put upon my heart. Let's go to Romans 5 verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Isn't that powerful? So where the law entered, sin abounded. But where grace entered, you know, it is much more powerful than the law. What does that mean? Being under the law, you shall bear forth fruit unto death. But as powerful as what that was and how you couldn't get out of it, so much more powerful is grace that you shall bear fruit unto life. What that means is, as powerful as what it is and as impossible as what it was for you to resist bearing fruit unto death, that's how impossible it will be for you should you be a believer in Jesus uh, not to bear fruit unto life. Hallelujah. You can only bear the fruit of the one you are married to. You can only bear the fruit of the one that you are married to. Now, Jesus did die away the law system for us, but we need to know that the law system still exists. For Jesus, for Paul wrote in Galatians 4, clearly, that those that are born after the flesh still persecute those that are born after the Spirit even until today. So if you are born of the flesh, your life comes from belief in the law like these Jews did, and you die, what's going to happen to you? You will bear the fruit of the husband you married to. And I know that Jesus died the law away for us, and that He did, so that we can have freedom now, and every person does have that freedom now, but then they willingly go and marry a system that still exists, which is the law system. And then, and this is what the Bible says, in the return of Christ, all the elements shall be burnt away. What that means is, after that, that system shall not exist anymore. It's just ended the contract that we have with it. That's why Paul wrote Romans. That's why he wrote Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, uh, Timothy, and everything, helping people to guard against going back to being in the flesh. Because if you are in the flesh, you will bear the fruit of the flesh in this life and the life to come. And that we don't want. So we preach the un adulterated, pure word of God, the message of God's union with mankind so that we can be in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's read Romans 8 verse 1. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So even after Christ died away, the law, man, you can still walk after the flesh. And then there will be condemnation for you. 
The Bible says in Matthew, uh, in John 5, Jesus says, those who through, through well-doing by believing in Him, in His return, they will be raised unto eternal life. And those who did not believe upon Him, who, according to Romans 8, walk after the flesh, shall be raised unto condemnation. Here it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to who? To those who do not walk after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which he just explained in Romans 7, has made me free from the law of sin and death. For that which the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, or killed sin in the flesh, destroyed sin in the flesh. In other words, your flesh... The ability unto sin dies as we believe on Him and He is raised in us. Glory to God. Amen, amen. So, the simplicity of this, and I really end off now, the simplicity of this message is simply this. Jesus Christ became a man, ended the law system, unified you with God, gave you a seat in the Godhead, all you do is believe upon that and don't turn back ever to any of these beggarly elements um, of the law. He that endures until the end shall be saved. He that believes until the end shall be saved. Believe what? Believe that it's all for free. Believe that it is all just from Him. Believe that it is His doing. Believe that He is your, the only word about your life. Believe that He is your right unto eternal life. Believe that you don't have to be in the flesh anymore. Believe that His life is your life. Hallelujah. Thank you so much for watching this.